here. It shows on which side you are today. So I would like to talk about a very important subject that every one of us will face one day or facing right now or faced before. It's called uh, crossing the Rubicon. Have you heard about Rubicon? Anybody heard that name? So in 60 BC, let's go to the next slide and look at some maps that we have. 60 BC, which is before Jesus Christ, there were three politicians, Caesar, Crassus, and Pompey. They made uh, secretly alliance with, it, with, with each other, and they were very, very um, powerful, one of the most powerful politicians in those days. Crassus, uh, in 53 AD, uh, BC, he, he passed away, and so there were just two, Pompey and Caesar. And Caesar was in charge of the northern part of Italy, and uh, Pompey was in charge of the southern part of Italy, inclu including Rome, the capital of Italy. So nobody paid attention to Caesar. Who is Caesar? We know Caesar right now, somebody who was very successful, right? But in those days, he was just a, another politician. So he decided to do something that made him even much more powerful than anybody else. He started the wars, and we call it uh, Gallic Wars. Let's go to the couple next slides. And uh, maybe another one. Okay. And so he expanded the territory. What you see in brown color, uh, you probably see in yellow color Italy, but in brown color, everything that actually Caesar uh, invaded and made conquest of. It actually went, some other maps shows even Britain. He went as far as Britain and captured Britain as well part of Africa, and, and uh, even the territory where Israel was at that time, he can conquer even that territory. So suddenly, Senate, the senators uh, started talking about Caesar more and more. He, he's, he's very talented uh, military person. He is a great politician. But sometimes when people are successful, then you, you have somebody who envy who who doesn't like it and they want uh, that person to go down so in january 49 bc julius caesar was the governor over a region north of italy and now you can see even south of italy and he was in charge of a great territory so in those days to be in charge of those territories, it was an elective office. You are elected for a year. Every year you have to be re-elected. So the Senate made a decision not to re-elect Caesar anymore, and they asked them, they demanded him to come back to Rome and give up his power, his, his territories, come as a civilian. And so 
Caesar realized what was going on, that Senate wanted actually to maybe even murder him. So the Senate wrote to Caesar, if you are going to enter into the southern Rome, uh, Italy at that time, with your troops, with your army, it's a treason. You're going to be a person who is committing treason, and you are going to be killed. So Caesar, Julius Caesar in 49 BC, led a single legion, legion number 13, south over the Rubicon. He was standing at the Rubicon, northern part of it. Let's go to the, to the place where you can see Rubicon. So that's the river, and the, on the map at that time, the southern, Italy, uh, the southern Italy and the northern Italy was separated by this small river, which is called Rubicon. So since Julius Caesar was on the north, he was told not to cross it with his troops, but as a civilian. So the historian Suetonius, he is writing about Caesar, that Caesar didn't make this decision right away. He was camped on the northern part of the river Rubicon, and he was contemplating, he was praying, he was searching himself if that's what he is trying to do. And according to Suetonius, Caesar uttered the most famous phrase. Let's go to that phrase. The die is cast. The die is a plural of dice, right? Or a singular? <laughs> plural, right? So it's a dice. When you cast the dice, you make a decision according to the, to the dice. And so he made a decision, and once he is crossing this river, the decision is made to go with the war against the Rome and against southern Italy. Today we have a phrase, crossing the Rubicon, but it's a different phrase. In English, it, it is called the point of no return. Once you cross a certain point in life of the point of your decision, there is no point of return. So that's what we're talking about, making the most important decision of your life without looking back. Remember Lot's wife? Remember Lot's wife? She made a good decision. She decided to move. She decided to follow the angels, to follow God. But then she made terrible decision. Um, she looked back into the her life. She 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 missed it. And when we talk about the point of no return, we are talking about something that people that fly the plane are familiar with. So you know that the plane can fly as long as it. It, it, it everything works technically, but also as long as you have fuel. So if you run out of fuel, it, it can be a problem, especially if you fly over the ocean, right? So once you are flying over the ocean, you cross the point of no return. You cannot return after that point. If you try to return back, you will run out of fuel. So the only way you can go is just forward 
Isn't it true that in our Christian life, we decide to follow Jesus, like Judas, like Peter, like all these disciples, but at certain point of time, we look back. We, we, we check out our life and we think we, are, we have not reached the point of no return. We have not reached the river Rubicon. By the way, the river Rubicon, it was not difficult to cross. It's a small river. It's like you come up to here in the water, up to your knee. And it's not like a dangerous river that is flowing rapidly. It's a very, very peaceful river that you have to cross. So crossing over the Rubicon is not about danger of crossing the river, but it's a danger of what you face once you cross that point. And that's what Caesar was, was uh, looking at. Let's go and look at some things that uh, we can call the point of no return. Uh, let's talk, uh, let's go more. You know, there is a point, I don't know if you've ever been at places like white water parks, right? We have in California, we have places where, where you go to the water park and you slide down. Once you begin to slide, you, you, you know there is no point of return, right? You reach the point of no return. You have to just embrace yourself, close your eyes, pray, and just go down the hill. So let's go to another one. You've been on, 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 on one of those things in life, right? Anybody never been on the roller coaster? So you, I'm afraid of tall, big roller coasters. I mean, I, I go, go because people uh, tell me, you know, you have to go. <laughs> so I go. But once I go up, I'm fine. But then uh, it's slowing down and the top, and I feel like I want to go back. Can anybody take me back? <laughs> so we are undecisive in life. A lot of times we cannot decide decide. I'm going to decide to follow Christ no matter what. That's the decision that we need to reach. And a lot of Christians are in the position that they have not decided yet fully to follow Christ. And that's, that's, the, the, that's what we face today. That's what we see today. Crossing the Rubicon, it, it makes you feel like you have decided and now it's, is it easy to actually make a decision or is it easier to stay in undecisive state? Life-changing decision. I'm talking about life-changing decision, which is hard to make, but is it easier to make a decision or is it easier to stay, to be undecisive? Sometimes indecision is easier because you don't have to make that decision like a final, right, decision. Sometimes it's easier to not decide. I have not decided yet. Okay, I have not decided yet. But once you decide, you, you look back into being undecisive and you, you can say, it's much better now. I don't have to worry about what decision I have to make. I decided. So Caesar became, in two years after the war, civil war between the north and the south, when, well, once he crossed the river, there was a civil war between south and north. And finally, 
he won all the battles and uh, became the emperor of Rome. Adam and Eve, did they ever reach the decision? Their Rubicon was the tree in the middle of the garden. And that was their decision that made many things, big things to be changed, right? It led to a lot of changes. How about uh, Cain? Did he make a decision? Remember that it was actually premeditated crime because God faced him and he said that the sin is doing what? Is lying. One translation say is lying at the door of your heart. Another one translation is saying it's crouching like a tiger, like a dog, like, like, a, like a wolf that wants to catch a prey. Have you seen uh, any, any time when the dog or animal crouching, like going back, going to the ground, hunting? So that's how the sin was with Cain. God said that the sin is crouching at the door of your heart. How about Pharaoh? Remember Pharaoh? Uh, God gave them the message, um, let my people go. And he finally decided after 10, ten bad, bad things that happened um, to the nation, including the death of the firstborn son, he decided, okay, I will let them go. But did he reach the point of no return? Did he reach the Rubicon with his decision? Okay, I will let them go. No, he decided after a while, I'm going to bring them back. I'm going to go after them and I go, I'm going to bring them back. And once he was crossing the Red Sea, there was a point that he reached a point of no return. And so Moses, when uh, the uh, people that he was leading in the wilderness, they came to the, to the Red Sea. The Israelites walked on a dry land with a wall of water on either side in Exodus chapter 14. And Egyptians pursued them, but at daybreak, God clogged their eyes, chariot wheels, and threw them into a panic. And with the return of the water, the Pharaoh and his entire army were destroyed. Now, once you see your enemies destroyed, your army, the whole army was destroyed. Could the Israelites go back to the place where they just left? They could have, actually. They could have made that decision without God. They could have decided, oh, now there is no army. Maybe we'll take over the Egypt. Maybe we'll, we'll become the, the next Pharaoh. Maybe, maybe Moses will be next Pharaoh. But they made a decision to follow God. Once they crossed that point of no return, they decided to follow God. And they followed God for 40 years in the wilderness. 
Sometimes you come in your life to the point of no return or you are in a jam. And we have an expression in English, like we are in a bad, bad place. We say it in a pinch, in a pickle, in a jam, in a corner, in a squeeze, behind the eight ball, driven to the wall, hard pressed, between a rock and what? A hard place. An uphill battle out of the frying pan into the fire, <laughs> up a creek, uh, up a creek without a pedal, slippery slope. Many expressions we have when we are facing something that we don't want to face in our lives, in our experience. And Moses said unto people, fear you not, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will show to you today. For the Egyptians who you have seen today, you shall see them again no more forever. Stand still. Can you imagine that the army of the Egyptians are coming? They are going to bring death, pain, Injuries. If the army is coming, like in the Ukraine bombing, right? What, what do you do? Many people are trying to run away, hide, run away. Moses is saying, stand still. Just stand still. And do what? Wait on the Lord. The enemies are coming, but you stand still. And you will see the salvation of the Lord, which he is going to show to you today. And it says in Hebrews 11, by faith, the Israelites crossed the Red Sea on a dry land. God is saying to us today, I am what? The way? I am the way. The way of victory in our life. I hope that all of us reach the point of no return to follow Christ. Pick up your cross and follow me, he says. And Moses is singing a song with people in Exodus chapter 15. And it is called the song of the sea. Exodus chapter 15. Then Moses and peop the people of Israel sang this song to the Lord saying, I will sing to the Lord for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse of his rider he has thrown into the sea. And the Lord is my strength, my song, and he has become my salvation. This is my God, and I will praise him, my Father's God, and I will exalt him. We read the scripture that Christ is in Gethsemane praying to his Father. He is about to die. He knows that. He is praying to his father. Christ and God, they reached the decision to give their life for us. And my question to you is, when did it happen? When God decided to sacrifice his life for us? Is that in the 
Garden of Gethsemane, when Christ was praying to his father, let this cup not maybe pass by me, but it's according to your will? Or is it before that? Did salvation uh, that was planned for us, did, did God plan for us before? It says before the foundation of the world. But then I'm, I want to ask even more, when? Can you give me the time? When God's love became agape love? Always. So was there a time when God decided, I'm going to save those who are going to fall into sin? There was no time point. There was always in eternity, back in eternity, when God's love was always agape love. That means agape love is always sacrificial love. So don't say that God decided because we fell in sin, he decided to save us. His decision was eternal. His decision was always there and always be there. Rubicon decision for God is not a matter of deciding one day I'm going to do something. He was always able to do that. And Abraham, when he was asked by God, follow me. I'm going to take you to the promised land. And I'm going to give you that land. And I'm going also to give you descendants. And uh, he was 75 years old. And uh, in uh, Genesis chapter 13, and God took him outside and he said, look at the stars. Do you see all of these stars that you can see? And of course, uh, with good vision, you can see thousands of stars. And he didn't have even one single child from his wife, with his wife, uh, Sarah. And God is promising to him that he's going to have many children. How many? As many as the stars he can see or even more. And what, what did he do? What, what Abraham did? Did he say, oh, thank you, God. That, that, I, I, I think I can believe you. You can do that. But thank you. Thank you. Thank you. But it says in Genesis chapter 15, verse 6. He believed the Lord, and he counted, and it counted to him as righteousness. So he believed. He looked at the stars, 75 years old, looking at the stars. God is saying, I'm going, you're going to have as many children or more than you can see the stars. And if you're a reasonable person, if, if you're not a crazy person, you would say, no way, right? Cannot happen. But he said, I believe you. I believe you. And for some people, being so close to God, you can sit in the church and not be saved. Is that possible? Yes. You can be the disciple whose name is Judah, be so close to Christ. And Christ said, one of you is going to betray me. And everybody was asking, who is that? Who is that? And, and Simon uh, motioned to the, to the beloved disciple of Jesus who was next side by side with Jesus. 
And he, said, he motioned to him, ask him about it. And Jesus answered, it is the one to whom I will give this piece of bread. And he takes the piece of bread right away and he gives it to whom? To Judas. And Judas, all he had to do is to say, I'm not going to take that. That bread was a symbol of his mission now. He's going to betray, betray this, this body, this, this God that he's, he was following by taking that bread and doing whatever he was planning to do with that. So the scripture says that he took the bread. And as soon as he took the bread, he left at night. And it says the worst thing that you can ever hear about human being. Verse 27 in John 13, as soon as Judas took the bread, what happened? Satan entered into him. We all make decisions in this life. We're undecisive. One foot is in this world, another foot with God and Jesus. That doesn't work. At the end, it's not going to work at all. You have to make a decision, and the decision is one side or the other side. Are you going to follow Christ or are you going to follow Satan? And decision is up to us. That Rubicon decision is not something that your friend can make for you, your family member, your spouse can make, your, your, your dad or mom. We cannot make that decision. We have to make a decision by ourselves. We cannot rely on other people. Who is that? And Jesus answered, it is one to whom I will give this piece of bread. And Judas took the bread. And I hope that you will take the cross and follow Jesus. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we want to thank you for opportunity once more again today to make this decision to follow you no matter what. To cross that point of no return and never return to the camp of Satan. In this world, we know that there is nothing better than to follow Christ, your son. And please bless each one of us here with this decision, to make this decision today. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.